Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and thanks for listening to the show today. I really appreciate it. So we find ourselves in mid-September 2020, just in case you were unaware of what what year it was. Um, And I don't know, for those of you who I like to keep this part of my life personal, and by that I mean I don't share it on the She Slays Instagram, I really just keep uh, this what's it called, obsession over on my personal Instagram. And that is that I have a, um, I'm just going to say moderate to severe obsession with houseplants. And it started probably last fall. So like when it was cold and, you know, I kind of got to a max capacity, I think around springtime, it's probably at like 45, 50 plants inside, but then it got really nice. And so I was able to take so many of them and put them outside. Well, then in that process of this summer of having outdoor and indoor space, somewhere along the line, I accrued like 40 more plants. So last week was kind of one of the first weeks that it got really cold um, at nighttime here in Wisconsin. And so I like asked Alexa what the low was. And it was like 40 degrees. And I just looked at Kirby and I'm like, we have to bring all the plants inside. So we spent like 30 minutes bringing all these plants inside. There is no room. So we counted. There are like 86 house plants now. They're everywhere in our house. And it's quite comical. Um, one thing, well, okay, so here's the deal is you're like, Lauren, um, what, what's your long term thing? What's your plan here? Well, we have a new clinic that we are moving into in three weeks. And when I move into the clinic, I plan on bringing a bunch of plants there. But right now the contractors are like frantically getting the done. So I can't even imagine if I showed up with like plants, they would just look at me like, are you joking? Get that out of here. So in the meantime, I I am living in an indoor jungle right now. Now, one thing that was new to me, um, having bringing in a bunch of outdoor potted plants, you know, this is kind of the first fall that I've done this, is that uh, I didn't know spiders really like to live in plants. 
like a lot. Um, like I could kind of tell, I, I guess I, you know, over the summer I was like, oh yeah, there's a spider web in that guy and whatever. Well, when I brought him inside, all of a sudden I was very aware of the giant ass spiders. So Kirby came home <laughs> from the gym one day and I am like, oddly vacuuming the plant but like with like with the hose but not like a normal person like somebody who's freaked the f out that a spider's gonna jump out and he's just like what are you doing and I'm like there are spiders living in all of the plants we have to vacuum them up so there's a bunch of spider eggs and stuff now that I just thought that I never changed I never emptied the vacuum after that so now I just need to throw the vacuum away because it's clearly going to be infested with a million spiders. So, yeah. Okay, so I digress. Let's now it's time for our listener highlight. Um, I know that leaving a review is probably something that you might not do often um, unless it's bad, which nobody's left me a bad one yet. Thanks. I appreciate that. Those of you that have held back. Um, but I, I know it sounds simple, but it is something that has truly, truly helped this podcast get into the hands of more female chiropractors and more entrepreneurs. And I I really appreciate to every single one of you who has taken the time to do it. If you haven't, um, I think there's about seven to 900 of you uh, who have yet to leave a review. It's cool. You still like just seeing whether you are into this or not. That's fine. You know, I'd rather you wait until you were convinced um, to do it. But if you are loving the show, it'd be great. So this one is from Dr. De Castro. It is five stars and it says, we need more of this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for a female centered chiropractic podcast. I felt lost in school with so much because we had one smaller female TA in all of the labs one, it's nice hearing from someone who likes focusing on kids as I want to grow to a pregnancy and pediatric practice. I've only been out for two years and a podcast that integrates practice, business, faith, and being your authentic self is exactly what we need. So thank you, Dr. DeCastro. I really appreciate that. Um, I, I agree. It is what we need. We need more. We need more women. Um, well, we have a lot of women, which is fantastic, but we need more women to feel comfortable in this profession. I feel like for decades up until now, and this isn't like an anti-man thing, um, there just hasn't been a lot of space for us to bring our feminine energy and flow into uh, a more like rigid masculine version of what a successful career looks like. And so I'm just super excited to see um, all of the powerhouse females that are using their voice um, through social media, through podcasts, through coaching groups. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. OK, so speaking of kind of amazing female chiropractors uh, today, I have Lindsay Matthews on as a guest and it's kind of a big deal. Uh, so she is a chiropractor. And she's also a birth doula, an NLP practitioner, and strength and conditioning coach. And she is the founder of BirthFit. She made it in 2011, started it as a blog with a deep desire to support and educate all humans throughout the motherhood transition. BirthFit started expanding in 2014 and since then has doubled in size each year. BirthFit is a movement. 
So she currently calls Austin, Texas home, uh, which is one of Kirby's and my absolute favorite cities, probably second to uh, New Orleans. Um, although, oh my gosh, I'm not going to say the name of the movie because it's kind of a disgusting name, but there's a movie from like the early 2000s that makes an Austin, Massachusetts joke. <clears throat> and Kirby cannot hear the name Austin without going Austin, Massachusetts. And it just makes my blood boil because, you know, it was one of those things where it started annoying and then he kept going with it over years and years and it got funny because it was like, oh my gosh, he's still doing this joke. And now we've kind of returned back um, to how are you still telling this really stupid joke? What was I doing? Oh, I was introducing Lindsay. So anyway, so she's living in Austin, Texas, where she takes on personal training and doula clients, as well as teaches the birth fit prenatal series. Um, and not in her bio. I know that she has recently gotten back into adjusting and she's adjusting at Truly Chiropractic. Um, so yeah, she's pretty cool. And I'm really excited to share the conversation we had. Uh, it was awesome. So before we start, and I hand this off to a previous past me, uh, I'm going to just kind of center us, take a moment of breath, take a sec to, I mean, if you're driving, please keep driving, but just like relax into what you're doing and let's pray. Hey God, uh, thanks so much for this time with these listeners, bless each one of them as they continue to go through what life is pushing their way in 2020, what they are birthing. See what I did there? See how I like brought birthing into a birth fit? Anyways, God gets my humor. Guys. Uh, help shed a light on their path so they can see the work you're doing in them and through them and for them. Give them hope for uh, what's going to come out of this? What is going to be the phoenix that will rise out of their hot mess at some point down the line? Um, send a message to those really needing to hear it this week that you're still with them. I know that there are people listening right now that are having a hard week and they need to know specifically, they need a very specific message from you. And maybe that is just this prayer that you're still with them and you haven't left them. And of course, thank you for conversations like today with Dr. Lindsay. Thank you for all the amazing blessings you've given to me and the impact of this podcast. Um, continue to use me as you want um, and not vice versa. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, crew. So I hope you like it. It was a fun one. She's kind of a cool person. Um, yeah, enjoy. You and I have never actually talked. We, you know, I find this really funny because chiropractic is this weird, small, especially when you talk about like the females who yeah. are like rising up and doing really cool shit within this profession. It's this small circle where everybody's like one or two degrees separated where it's yeah. like, you were hanging out with so-and-so last weekend and I am her godmother's whatever, you know, <laughs> like. So totally. So, We're all like two degrees of separation. Absolutely. Well, everybody in the world is like three or four degrees, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is that? You're like six degrees away from Kevin Bacon. Yes. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> We were um, talking in our team meeting, just talking about like the degrees of separation, because, you know, I have a team of like six women that are like looking to me of like, what should I do? And I'm like, with this COVID stuff. And I'm like, 
I don't know. They're like, okay, so we had a patient call whose husband's boss tested positive. Is that patient allowed to come in? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, are yeah, they- that's not my responsibility. Come on. Are they sick? No, come in. Yeah. So yeah, get adjusted. <laughs> okay. So I have a couple like warm up questions Great. since I don't know you super well. Some icebreakers. Right. Um, I should warn people that like, this is a probably an official question that I just ask everybody right away. So I'm kind of obsessed with the Enneagram. Have you heard of it? Yes, but I haven't done it. <laughs> okay, so you don't know your Enneagram type? No. Um, I'm one of these people that um, if everybody's going right, I'm going to go left just to see what is going on on the left side that, you know, and this is not political at all, yep. but, you know, maybe this path or that path, why people aren't choosing that one? Yeah, that's, that's very Enneagram four of you. No, I always like to ask. else has said four too. I was like, I don't know. But your level of accomplishment in life, you've got to have a strong wing three. But anyway, I always ask because like, I will usually interrupt someone somewhere at least 20 minutes in where I'm like, What's your Enneagram? Are you a three? Are you a five? <laughs> all right. So it's good to know. You don't know. That's all right. I'll have a diagram. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Um, I saw on your Instagram that you have read like a bunch of nonfiction books. So the next question is, is like, what are you reading right now? Are you only a nonfiction? Oh, no, I do. I do like fiction. I feel like I go through phases. Um, but right now it's like looking over at my little table over there. I'm rereading The Oxygen Advantage, which is a phenomenal book on breath work and nasal breathing. And uh, it's it, it's one of the things I throw into birth fit programming. And, um, you know, it's nasal breathing is so good just for your overall, like optimizing your well-being. And so I've been diving back into that. Um, I'm also reading this book on, God, what is the name of it? Um, it's a book on meditation. Um, the Zen freak. I should go get it. I'm like, I'm staring at it, but I can't see the cover. (laughs) Um, are a nonfiction junkie. Yeah. And then the book I just read was, um, Jordan Peterson's 12 rules on life or, um, uh, I'll pull up because sometimes I listen to audio books. Sometimes, um, it's 12 rules for life. And that was phenomenal. Um, I know Jordan Peterson is like, sometimes people love him or they hate him. Oh, really? But yeah, I freaking love the guy because he's not going to say anything that he hasn't researched or that he hasn't mm-hmm. gone down the path. And like he's not that. saying things just to say things. There's dive deeper people like go, yeah. you know, a few steps back. And that was, I mean, I think everybody should read that book, 12, 12 rules for life. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I know what you're saying. I, cause, um, I too, I like do a ton of nonfiction and then I'll kind of go more over to the self-help. And like, sometimes I feel like I come across as like hating on the masculine energy of the, like Brendan Bouchard's and the Tony Robbins and the, this yeah, and this, yeah. and I like need to go over into like the feminine self-help ones. But then sometimes like, 
I feel like unless they're Brene Brown or some, like <laughs> it's just, it, it stays surface of like, yeah. just need to yeah. love yourself more and let go yeah. of your need to control. And I'm like, can you go a little deeper for me? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's what I love. Like Jordan Peterson, like, and like touch it. Like I just had a conversation with somebody about feminine and masculine. It's masculine is not toxic. It's mm. so useful. It's beautiful. Like, um, you know, I t- like one of the things in my relationship that I, you know, I've said up front is like, Hey, I have to embrace my masculine energy at the office and in, in my role as CEO, when I'm not working, I want to embrace my feminine. So I need you to be all about that masculine yeah, energy. I need you to yeah. balance me. Yeah. Um, no, I agree that like the masculine energy it, it does. Um, it comes across it does. It does. And I feel like I contribute to the problem a lot. Like I've had so many podcasts that have taken like this weird feminism, like swing. And it's yeah. like, no, no, it's just anything in a too much without yeah, balance too, can be toxic, yeah, yeah. you know? So it's not that the energy of it is bad. It's the amount mm-hmm. because it doesn't allow space Yeah, feminine energy could be toxic, you know, if there's no structure or boundaries, like (laughs) we could mess shit up hardcore. (laughs) So but chaos. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So you are so many things. Um so many things, a podcast host, but a chiropractor. So when did you graduate chiropractic school? I graduated chiropractic school in December, 2009, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was in Los Angeles and then I took two years off 2018 and 2019. And then I just started practicing again in Austin, Texas, because I moved from LA to Austin in 2018. And yeah, I practice here in Austin at Truly Chiropractic with Dr. Morgan Isles. And she's adorable. Loving. Yeah. Yeah. Love her. I told her, I was like, you got to keep me on my toes. Like one thing I knew I never wanted to do was become one of those older chiropractors or those seasoned chiropractors that, you know, got stuck in their ways Mm -hmm. and they never learned new things. And when Morgan and I started syncing up, I was like, you're 10 years younger than me. I need you to keep you, keep me on my toes. Tell me all the new things, keep it fresh. Like I got to learn things over here in the fitness birth world, but you, you hold me accountable. You hold me world. not to be an old chiropractor. Yeah. Yeah. Cute student for life. For sure. So <laughs> you started as a blog, right? Birth fit Birth started fit, as a yeah, blog yeah. in 2011, right? Yeah. I, I ch- always try to date back, but it started as a blog in 2011. Yeah. And I was doing chiropractic stuff. I was doing, um, gym stuff like strength and conditioning, personal training, coaching classes. And I had just started my doula career as well. Um, so I was trying to keep the the things separate, mm-hmm. but then I was like, no, there's like, there's such a beautiful kind of umbrella that can encompass all of this, like birth and chiropractic, or let's say if you have like the midwifery philosophy, and the chiropractic philosophy, those like works so well together. And then if you actually have, you know, sustainable fitness philosophy, that can go in there as well mm-hmm. too. So yeah, they can all really like harmonize together for sure. So in 2011, you started as a blog, 
2014, it kind of transformed into the beast that it is becoming and continuing. What was that like growth like over those years? And where did you kind of decide where you're like, well, shit, I kind of need to do something with this because it's doing so well. Yeah, so I'll I'll try to walk you through some of the timeline, and um, you know, like like you and probably many other people that went to chiropractic school or even med school or anything. Like I was not exposed to business. Um, like I wish I would have been. I'm married. I married a business guy. Thank God. <laughs> I know. Like, so like it's birth it started as a blog and it was just me sharing stories sharing my opinion especially as I like dove into research and um started taking seminars underground seminars you know that weren't really popular and my my whole like my kind of my whole mission is to be of service and to hold somebody's hand through transition in life and um, give them the tools they need or remind them that they have the tools inside. And so I was just communicating that or trying to communicate that to the best of my ability. And I had started what is now called the BirthFit Postpartum Series. And this is a class that's four weeks, it meets twice a week. And this was based on um, rehab, like postpartum rehab, Mm -hmm. because I was somebody that grew up as an athlete. And um, then right after chiropractic school, I was hired on to work on movies and with professional athletes. And I got exposed really a ton to like the sports rehab world, which I thought I was like into, but then also I really resonated with the like, neuro side and the philosophy side of chiropractic so I was like how do I marry all of this um but anyways like the sport I gained a ton of experience in the sports rehab world um and also realized that's not what I wanted to do for life um Isn't that a frustrating moment where you're like this is exactly what I wanted I don't want this yeah But like I blew out my knee, my ACL, um, my junior year in high school and, you know, the soccer scholarship stopped. And then that's kind of what started my journey into, I thought I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon and then, Mm. you know, divine intervention. Then I went to chiropractic school and then I was still on the sports rehab route. And long story short, I realized, you know, I knew exactly, you know, what to do with somebody as they had after they kind of came out of rotator cuff surgery. I knew exactly what to do with somebody after ACL surgery or like any sports related um, surgical intervention. Um, I worked down at the Olympic Training Center in San Diego for a bit. Um, And I like the prehab and rehab was my jam. And then when I started venturing into women's health and specifically pregnancy and postpartum, I was like, six weeks, we tell people, like, okay, just take it easy. And then at the six week mark, you're cleared for sex and exercise. Okay, side note, how is it that that is the only thing that really stands out as like important of like, can she have sex yet? Oh, she must be Yeah. Like, can we just talk about a system? I'm sorry, created by like men of like, (laughs) listen, Can she fulfill her purpose yet? Well, it goes back to like that specifically goes back to, let's say, the masculine energy. They like to 
the masculine energy likes to structure and put parameters on things and numbers, numbers, very linear. And um, so the, the only thing I could really find as to why we had this six week mark is because on average, that's when the uterus shrinks back down to almost a pre pre baby pre birth size. And I say average because it could take some people 10 weeks. It could take some people four weeks. It could, everybody's postpartum healing timeline is different. Um, and so, you know, going back to the birth at postpartum series, I was like, there's gotta be rehab for this. Like we don't have anything for vaginal birth unmedicated. We don't have anything for vaginal birth with medication. We don't have anything for cesarean. We don't have anything for cesarean that is traumatic or emergency. And, you know, the birth at postpartum series was kind of my answer to that initially. And it's like this four week class that meets twice a week and it brought community connection. We started with a discussion each class. We, and there was, you know, a sequence of events for, okay, today is all about establishing your diaphragm breath and your stability breath. Then, then we start to wake up the backside and the front side and the cross body chains and, you know, get into a lot more. Um, but that's kind of like how I designed that series. And it's definitely evolved since then, but, um, people were seeing this and, you know, I was posting on social media or Instagram. Um, and they're like, Hey, what are you doing? We want to, we want to do this. I want to bring this to my, my community. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I was like, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so we can figure it out. This? Yeah, totally. Like I was seeing patient, like at that time I had, um, you know, I'd set up an office in a birth center on the east side of LA an office on the west side. And then on the days I wasn't in the office, I was teaching these classes. And so I was like, okay, like how do I do this business thing? Um, so I started the birth fit bank account, you know, um, and then I was like, y'all can be, there was like six, six women at the time. Y'all can be affiliates. And I took the model, like the CrossFit business model and kind of applied it to okay. what I wanted to do mainly because fran franchising was kind of this massive beast that I didn't want to be a part of. And I was like, Oh, CrossFit kind of figured it out how to um, like license um, the name and the brand mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, so it started as affiliates. And then, um, I would basically share the curriculum that I created and it was the birth at postpartum series and then the birth at prenatal series, which is, um, kind of our version of birth education with movement mixed in. And that's what I, they would pay one, uh, once a year fee and I would share that and they would teach it. Um, and before, like they had to do an interview with me and, you know, slowly it began to grow. And like the first year we had 12 affiliates, then there was over 50. And then, um, the third year, I think we had, that was the first time we had a summit. The birth, birth summit actually was the first time was in my backyard with 12 affiliates. And then the next year was at a bigger house in Venice down the street. Um, and that was with 50 something people. And then, then we had close to a hundred and so it kind of just kept doubling. Yeah. And in 2017 was the first year that we started offering, um, online programming and, um, seminars. 
And it took me a minute to like be okay with offering first online programming. Yeah. And then it took me a minute to um, basically write the curriculum for the BirthFit Coach Seminar because I, I'd like to tell people it took me about four to five years to write that from like 2013, 2012, and then finally 2017 because I liked it. It just didn't feel right. And then all of a sudden it did feel right. Um, what do you think, what do you think was that, what shifted, what changed that? Um, <laughs> you know, for me, I think it, um, it came back to, um, like me trusting myself and the, um, the content and the message that I was sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of it was, you know, I remember back when I did doula training in 2009, I was like, who am I? You know, I haven't had kids. Um, I I don't know what that journey looks like for me personally. And um, I had, there was a beautiful older woman who, you know, she was probably in her sixties at the time. And she pulled me aside and she was like, Lindsay, I've never had kids, but all these children, all these births that I've been at, they're, they're my children. And she was like, I helped usher them earthside. I helped facilitate their birth. And she was like, doesn't matter. She was like, you show up, you be you, you have a gift. And like, she really helped me step into my power. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I just had to practice, you know, owning my power and my message and um, being okay with people giving you shit, you know? Um, because people are always going to give you shit. They're always going to have something negative to say about you. And usually it's a reflection of themselves or something that they haven't worked out internally. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that was part of it. I also think, um, for me, I was, um, I, I wanted to dive in more to breath and, um, the diaphragm and pelvic floor because, you don't like the United States in particular is kind of, um, has a distorted view on what core health is Yeah, and they equal, they see a six pack and they're like, Oh, that those are strong abs. Right. When that could not be further from the truth. And, um, it's like aesthetics and some, like a sexy washboard abs does not mean that, uh, you have a strong core. And so I really wanted to develop the definition of what the birth fit core is and what breath work was for us. And also to make it digestible for people because, you know, the diaphragm is the muscle that connects the physical and the non-physical. And it's the muscle of respiration and stabilization. And in order for everything to work, we have to have two things for a strong core and people like there's nobody doing this. Nobody told me this in school and with my PT friends, nobody told them this. It came from the Prague school of rehab DNS. And, um, basically you need two things. You need all the muscles in the core. So not just your rectus abdominis, you need the rectus abdominis, the transverse abdominis, the internal external obliques. You need the lumbar spine erectors. You need the QL. You need all of that working synergistically being able to um, concentrically contract as well as eccentrically contract. But 
also you need your internal pressure system working. So you need those two things. And what do you mean by internal pressure system? So your intra-abdominal pressure. So um, if you look at us, like us as, as beings, uh, like I describe our core from the base of our skull down to our pubic bone, 360 degrees round. And so we are like a can of LaCroix or, um, you know, a keg and there's internal pressure in our system and all the muscles in and around have to be able to expand and contract concentrically, eccentrically. And that is true of the pelvic floor as well. And whenever we take a regular diaphragm breath, as we are, you know, as humans designed to breathe, we inhale through our nose, our diaphragm and our pelvic floor are parallel to each other. Everything lowers, everything expands. When we exhale, there's no, it's just naturally returns back to neutral. There's no sucking up or sucking in. And so that's one of the biggest faults in the American kind of way of looking at core and abs is, oh, belly button to spine, or let me do a thousand Kegels and squeeze my everything in my vagina area. Um, So that's a diaphragm breath, breathing in, everything lowers together, everything expands as you exhale, everything just naturally returns back to neutral. Now that is different than a stability breath. And a stability breath is one that is task specific for intra-abdominal pressure. And what I mean by that is it's not gonna, you're not gonna, your body's not gonna demand the same kind of pressure that um, you need to pick up um, your handbag as you would a 300 pound deadlift. There's different pressures there. So with the stability breath, and we labeled a stability breath because it's one word as opposed to internal pressure system or IAP. It's easier for people. Yeah, it's easier for people to digest. And they're like, okay, okay. So with the stability breath, you're going to inhale. Everything's going to lower. So as like watching my hands, everything's eccentrically contracted. The pelvic floor is basically eccentrically contracted. This hammock is eccentrically contracted. So on the exhale, or as we stabilize, your pelvic floor basically meets the resistance of this internal pressure system. Your All your mus- muscles in and around the core are meeting that resistance. So it's like, what are you going to do when somebody comes up and they're like, you see somebody and they're like, I'm going to punch you in the belly. You don't suck your spine in or your belly button to your spine because that would feel terrible. You kind of like brace for it and you expand and that's you're stabilizing to like kind of absorb the shock a little better. Um, and so that's what the stability breath is. And it's going to be, you know, dependent on the task at hand and, um, it's how we as humans learn to move. And I'll go off on a tangent on this, but that's what I was like kind of putting together for um, the seminar. I was like, we need, this has got to just roll off the mm-hmm. tongue. But, um, you know, we as humans, if uh, we all learn to move in this sequential order um, and our diaphragm starts to form as early as six to eight, eight weeks in utero. And, um, you know, our diaphragm is influenced by our vagus nerve, which cranial nerve 10. 
And we, now we, yeah, (laughs) now we know we kind of have control over this or we can influence it. That's probably a better word. But, um, you know, if you put a human in Texas and one in New York and one in Japan and one in Italy, and you put the little baby on a beautiful rug and you leave them uninhibited, they're all going to learn to move through these same kind of milestones. And they start, and this is something called developmental kinesiology, and this is also what I learned through the Prague School of Rehab. But you look at a baby, and they start on their back, and they kind of just, actually, they start to do this first. And then they do the happy baby, and then they start to do something that resembles a dead bug. And so with those movements, they're learning to stabilize within the sagittal plane and they're learning to basically use the ground use their spine press into the ground stabilize so that they can gain tension or you know use their kind of environment to move and explore or at least like look other directions and then they start oh they're like oh okay I can stabilize I got this now they're looking and they can roll over and they roll over and now they're starting to stabilize ipsy side ipsy side stabilization and then once they're on their side it like kind of looks like um, a side plank deal either forearm and then once they can press up to their hand then they can basically go over into a crawl or they can shin box their way to the other side so now they're kind of getting unstoppable and they're learning to stabilize with less points of contact once they get um, in that crawling position, now it's basically the opposite of the, of the dead bug and with less stabilization points. So now they got to stabilize with their hands and knees and feet. And now their spine is in space and their nervous system is letting them know, okay, we're, we're safe, we're here, but they can only do that. They only feel safe and they can only build upon that if they've achieved the previous movement. Right. Um, so then, yeah, from there, they go to tripod, they go to maybe a squat position, they go to a high bear, and then usually they grab onto like the back of a couch or the wall and they shimmy side to side. And then finally they can squat, go to bear, walk. And then finally they're, they're walking and now they're the bipedal mammal that we are. Um, so the cool thing is we we're the only mammal that does this, um, that uses just two legs. Um, we don't crawl. Um, but also like our pelvic floor has to kind of build up and be able to take that load. And that's true of anybody, male or female. Um, the other thing is babies are born with diastasis rectus abdominis. So they're born with that ab separation. Um, yeah, I, I know. Like I should have no, done that. No, we there's were actually a lot of this stuff that I'm like, damn it, I am a pre. We weren't taught this in chiropractic why, school. Why weren't we taught this? And no, it, it's not taught in anywhere. Like at that time, I took one of two seminars that were happening a year from the Prague School of Rehab. Now there's a lot more DNS seminars happening throughout the U.S., but you know it was few and far between, and I was like. Hey, why didn't anybody tell me this shit? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're born with DRA, which most women, if you're listening and you've been pregnant, you're like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Um, mm-hmm. Because by 40 weeks, full-term pregnancy, almost all women 
have diastasis rectus abdominis. And that's the ab separation of the rectus abdominis muscle. And we're designed as humans to have that. Um, it's, it's a beautiful function um, adaptation of our human body. Um, so I say this to my clients and people that come through birth fit because they're like, can I heal this? And I'm like, well, you've already done it once in your life. We can do it again. Yep. Um, and so it, we go through that same process postpartum. And that's why it takes somewhere like six to 12 months postpartum of healing. And we can't do it any faster than when we were a baby. No, hell yeah. <laughs> babies, um, they start, I think it's somewhere around six to nine months, maybe as early as four months that abs start to approximate. But if like you look at a baby, you'll see that cone or that ridge as they're like trying to mm -hmm. uh, roll to one side or go to the other, but it has to go in that sequential order. And it's why like crawling is so important. It's why I hate things like the bumbo seats or the bouncers, you know, like I, I don't love the, these devices that put humans in positions that they can't achieve yet. Right. You know? Um, so yeah, that's where our postpartum rehab was born out of. And, um, this is so much work. more than <laughs> CrossFit. Like, oh, yeah, I just sure. say that I have had a very effed up view of what birth fit oh, most was <laughs> because I was like, oh, they're going to want me to like CrossFit, do the yeah. things that I don't want to do the CrossFit. Yeah. And so can our only chiropractors birth fit providers? Yeah. No. So anybody can take our birth fit education and um, we're actually upgrade, up do, upgrading, redoing it right now. So it'll be re-released or relaunched in January. But um, anybody can take the birth fit education from moms to be, dads to be, um, coaches, personal trainers, yogis, chiropractors, physical therapists, OB-GYNs, midwives, doulas. And then they're going to have a that. wide spectrum of information in that then. Because, totally. and because you might have somebody who's never had anatomy. Right. So it's, um, I would say our like focus avatar is on those that are, they want to get, they want to understand movement. They want to understand breath and they want to understand how to build um, kind of this universal or all encompassing uh, birth team or support team for people in their community. Um, so it's very movement based. Uh, there's, you know, there's a module on chiropractic. There's, you know, a module talking about PT and, you know, what to look for in those things and why we are such advocates of chiropractic and pelvic floor PT or midwifery and OB-GYN. And, you know, it all goes back to we're so different and we're such unique individuals that your birth team will look different than my birth team or your healthcare team will look different than my healthcare team. Um, and so just reminding people that of medical freedom and it's their choice. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, yeah. you've worked in big towns. I live in a town of 9,000 people and that's rounding up. And so yeah. it's like, you know, our birth options are very limited very, very limited. Um, yeah. and you know, people are just amazed when I say I had an out of hospital birth and it's just, they're like, what, 
Yeah. And I'm like, I I chose to do that. Like I I did that on purpose. And and so sometimes (laughs) I feel on purpose. I feel like jealous of the big town people sometimes because I'm just like, you just get to be like, hey hippies, I've got a message for you. And then like people kind of self-select and like you get crowd (laughs) that's like, okay, well, I'm listening. For me, I'm like, hey, anybody care about natural stuff? Come yeah, talk to me. Yeah. And they're like, mm, is it safe? And I'm like, yeah. just yeah. have an uphill battle, but it's okay. Sometimes right. I feel energetic and sometimes I don't. Yeah. I think what, um, you know, over the past, especially this year within, I call it COVID season, um, we've gotten really clear on the birth fit message. And even me going back into practice, you know, it's all about movement and that's, you know, where we want to support people. And we sprinkle in all this other stuff like, hey, this is an ob that loves to do um, V-backs or this is a um, midwife that has out of, or in hospital privileges. And I think, you know, even going back to my journey, like I didn't know there were these options. I didn't know there were um you know, as growing up in the standard American way, I didn't know that you could have an out of hospital birth. Like I kind of allowed to do that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so just reminding people that, um, you know, the sky's the limit really. And if you manifest it, you like anything is possible, but, um, also I think sometimes in the big cities that, um, you have so many options. So you're like, like, paralysis by analysis oh. happens yep. um and through birth fit you know one thing we like to say is you have all the tools you need inside of you to take on any transition wh- whether it be the motherhood transition or the adoption transition or a breakup or a new job or moving or whatever and we like to say you have access to breath sound and movement And those things are, you know, if you go back to the polyvagal theory, those are things that will influence Mm -hmm. basically your autonomic nervous system and you can help downregulate your autonomic nervous system and influence your overall well-being. Well, and those are the three things you have access to guaranteed in birth, you know, during labor. Like you can yell. Some might argue (laughs) the whole movement thing. Totally, totally. A lot of women don't realize how, but... Oh, that gets taken away. And I think that's a, a huge problem. But yeah, and mm-hmm. I think they realize, you know, they're told like, okay, well, you won't be able to walk around with this, but they don't have the pre-education that that's yeah. a big fucking deal. Like huge. you yeah. need to be able to move and mm-hmm. well, yes, yeah, and if you're not hooked up to a machine. The yeah, the re- movement is key. Movement is so important. And you know, I do, whenever I do scenarios with my doula clients, I'm like, so let's say movement is taken away. Let's say you have an epidural, then what? And then it's like, how can we, how can we use movement? So then me as a doula, my job becomes even more important because now I got to move her legs and I'm over there like rubbing her legs, moving her legs, mm-hmm. switching. Hey, let's turn over. Let's use the peanut ball. Let's, you know, Let's sit up in a throne. Let's use like, so then my role just got amped up, but um, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, what to do in the next fork in the road? How can you use breath sound and movement in many of these different ways? And we're only limited by our creativity. So 
it, it gets fun sometimes and also a little a little messy yeah how do you so I've always wanted to be a doula I think it's mm. amazing if I couldn't be a chiropractor um I would be I actually say I would be an OB because oh. I would like instead of a midwife because I would want to br- like sneak bridge I would want to sneak all the midwife shit into the hospital system. <laughs> I will be the Trojan horse here. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, what was my question? What did I ask? Oh, do a stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So how does that work with patients and being a chiropractor? Well, What's your like, um, day look like? So right now I practice two days a week, Monday and Wednesday, which is um, totally, it's great. Um and I kind of have to keep it that way, like two to three days a week, um, just because the other days I'm either meeting with um, potential or doula clients and like working through the prenatal sessions. And so some of the prenatal sessions last anywhere from two to three hours. Um, and then the then, then I'm the birth fit CEO. So then I got to yeah. do like business things, um, which sometimes gets the back burner because I love being so present with people like in the chiropractic office, like everything else is like out here and I'm just like in the zone, in the flow. Um, it's the same thing, you know, when I get called to a birth, I'm in that birth vortex. Um, but like so, logistically, how the hell are you balancing all of this stuff? Like, okay. <laughs> so I'm just picturing like you seem like you have a lot on your plate, which is awesome. Well, a lot of us do. And we go like, okay, so on Sunday we're like, all right, on Monday I have to do this and I'm yeah, doing yeah. this and I've got that meeting. And then I can't even imagine what it's like to get a phone call completely unplanned. Well, not completely. You probably assume, you know, and it's like, Oh, my next 40 hours are absolute shit and everything's getting canceled. Fantastic. I'll see you soon. Like how, but you must love it. You must just love it. And it works. I like, yeah, I think, and people have said this, I think like people will say this, like Lindsay, you're pretty good under pressure. Um, Like I kind of stay like chill mode all the way through um so I think over the years I've gotten and I've been able to practice right life's always a practice um about adapting and like when somebody calls and they're like hey I think my mucus plug or they'll send me a picture I think that just came out or contractions are starting so then I usually start on the phone with them and kind of see where they're at or if I'm not in the office I'll go to their house just to get kind of like a visual of what's going on with them. Um, and then, okay, more times than not, when a client thinks labor starts, it's like the very early, early stuff. So then I have time to like kind of move things around and yeah. my assistant helps me. Um, but usually it is like, okay, the next two days we got to reschedule. Um, and usually like, let's, what is today? Friday. So let's say if somebody called me today, I would scratch Saturday and Sunday and probably Monday morning. I would keep Monday morning like, Oh, let's see. Um, and then, you know, I would let cat know basically, Hey, Monday's shot. We got to figure it out. Um, <laughs> but I only try Like I try to only take on, um, you know, I'm very selective with who I take on as my dual clients. Um, 
And also I only take on a few at a time. Um, so I think that plays a big role in it. Um, like our energies have to have to sync mm-hmm. up. They got to do the work, like becoming, um, you know, becoming a parent, you got to do some internal work. Um, and I can't do that for you. Um, you got to sort through some stuff, but, um, yeah. And I think just keeping them in a kind of lifestyle movement practice helps so that whenever labor does start, they're like, maybe I'm just there to remind them at the beginning, like, Hey, you got this. Remember what we talked about? And then I'll come back a few hours later or the next morning and all right, now, now let's do this. Yep. Um, and I just, I'm a big believer that, um, in divine timing and everything happens as it, um, well, when you were talking about how it took like four years or three years for you to kind of like create the program, yeah, you know, and then like kind of something just happened and you felt comfortable. It was the right time. Yeah. You know, sometimes I wanted to bring up the idea of like, oh yeah, I believe in divine timing. And you know, it's almost like I've had this multiple times in the last, like, six years where it's like an idea that I want my earth body really wants to happen. Right. I'm excited about it right now. But if I go (laughs) inside, there's almost like this like hand on my heart. That's just going like, just wait, babe, just wait. Yeah. Like, yes, but now it's not, it's not right now. And you're just like, but I want to right now. And it's like, yes, my ego wants it right now. And and it's just like, all of a sudden it, the the timing is correct. Right. Um, and like, Oh, now I feel right. And you just take that next step and you don't really feel like all the information. (laughs) So you got, you took two years off chiropractic to yeah, totally. I mean I mean this birth fit thing seems this this birth fit thing this organization sounds huge and time consuming and wonderful absolutely like yeah adequate enough that you could be like this is passion and purpose filled what made you want to bring chiropractic back into your week you know I missed it um and I loved I love the philosophy of chiropractic. Um, I remember when I was in school and I was going to the Dead Chiropractic Society. Um, I actually went to LACC and um, I synced up with um, Billy DeMoss when I was a student. Oh, Billy. Yeah. I was like, wow, who is this guy and what is he doing? But um, he had this speaker, which we all probably know, Dr. Patrick Gentempo. And I remember hearing him say, like, it was one of the, uh, like a philosophy night there. And he said the 33 principles. And I was just like, I, I'm blown away. Like, and he, you know, he has such a beautiful way of speaking and communicating. And I was just like, that changed my life. Um, that cha- like that put chiropractic, like imprinted chiropractic on mm-hmm. my soul rather than just being, you know, a fixing mode modality. It was like a philosophy in which I wanted to live my life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I knew, I knew that when I came back to chiropractic, so before, um, when I stopped chiropractic in 2018 was the first year that was going to, I stepped away from, 
And I did it mainly because um, I was like, I got to try this birth it thing. Somebody's got to do it full time. Like we got to figure it out. Yeah, it seems like a full time gig. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like it's being neglected right now. Um, and I remember this midwife friend of mine, um, she owns a midwifery center in Los Angeles, the one on the East side. And she was like, you know, she gave up acupuncture to become a midwife and open a center. And she basically told me, you know, if you come back to it, you come back to it on your terms, but know that it gave you a philosophy for which to live your life or to do anything from like, it is a base level foundation now for you. And you can't take that away. Um, I thought that was really cool. So whenever, um, you know, I, 2018, I went through a breakup and I moved to Texas and I needed some healing. So like the holiday, what I got to Texas in November, 2018, and I basically hibernated for about six months. And, you know, I wouldn't have been any good to serve anybody because I could barely like love myself at that mm -hmm. time. You know, I'd reached my capacity and, um, I just needed a timeout from everything. And, um, so then when I, like I journal a lot and, um, one of the things that I started writing about was, you know, what I would want my office to look like when I came back, like my dream office. And I wish I would have done this in school, um, rather than take the first shiny job, you know? Um, so yeah. I just started writing all these things and it was like prenatal postpartum pediatrics, like families in the, in the living, living room, it's the living room yeah. in the waiting room. Um, and then working with other female chiropractors, um, because we would know kind of, we would sync up and, you know, if I took time off to have a family, she would understand she could take time off to have a family or whatever, yep. you know? Um, and then all of a sudden Morgan appeared out of nowhere and, um, she was like, Hey, I took your birth fit seminar. I love birth fit. I'm coming to Austin. And I was like, what? Get out of here. Um, so yeah, it was, she set the office up so perfectly, like with systems and protocols that I don't know if I could have been any more organized, like she is organized. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's, you know, I was like, why would I, why would I even open my own practice when we can do it together and be stronger yeah. together? Um, and so that just made sense to me. And, you know, I, I knew I never wanted to do chiropractic for the paycheck, like the paycheck helps, but like serving people and yeah. reminding, yeah, reminding yeah. them how, how great they are and I like connecting with them. Yep. Yeah. So now I'm assuming for your postpartum patients, you are doing more than an adjustment. Like, so what does a normal <laughs> postpartum, like, just run me through the checklist in your head of like, mm. I'm a Prego of yours. I'm coming in for just like a normal appointment. Yeah, Where are you yeah, like yeah. Checking. I'm assuming it's more than Webster. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're actually. It's funny you ask because we're figuring that process out in the office right now. Um, so with postpartum clients, and you know, with doula, I'll start with. I'll kind of share everything. Like with doula clients. I usually like to check in with them three to five days postpartum because usually that's when the hormones dip and the high from birth comes down and 
they're just like, holy shit, now I got to keep this human alive. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, and so then I usually, I'm at that, that session, I'm usually at their house and um, I'll bring the chiropractic table and we start with breath work and um, some energy work and uh, visualization, maybe some meditation. I usually have my tuning forks now we're getting real hippy dippy but oh, I love it it's usually just to like calm them and ground them because if you think about like I described birth as this mountain and pregnancy you're going up to this peak birth is the peak you're reaching through another dimension to pull life in and then postpartum you got to come back down the mountain and unfortunately in our society we we kind of push everybody down the mountain and mm-hmm. people usually fall face first and it's a shit show but it's like it's about reintegrating from this rite of passage or this transformation. And that requires grounding and reflecting and breathing and gentleness with yourself and kind of letting go of societal expectations, any expectations you had on yourself. So usually that first visit is just like gentle. There's adjustments, but it's a lot of breath work. Um, Maybe there's some oils involved. There's a belly massage. Um, and it's just like, sometimes I'll just even just like touch and remind people, hey, you're here. You're, you're safe. You're good right now. Um, and, you know, I, I can stretch it out for like an hour, hour and a half. And I'm like, how the hell, how have I been here this long? <laughs> but I would do the same thing in the office. You know, if they come in and it's like one week, two weeks, sometimes, um, people will just pop over and they're like, I got out of the house. I needed to come in. I'm like, great, come on in. Um, where it's like, it, it ends up being probably like 20 to 30 minutes instead of, you know, the 10 minute spot. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's so worth it. And I like the, the front desk girl is like, you get sucked into the birth vortex all the time. I'm like, I know there time is not a thing for me. Like, sorry. Um, but yeah, I usually, breath adjustments it's all about kind of reminding the nervous system like holy shit we just went through this big expansion this big thing coming back down grounding integrating and then um reminding you you're safe you're okay you're exactly where you are and then like i don't check for diastasis or anything until somewhere around six to eight weeks postpartum okay um and I just want people to breathe and belly massage and even vaginal steam if they're open to that. Um, Sip warm teas and broths and come in once or twice a week. Do gentle movements at home and just like slow as fast. Have grace for your body during Mm -hmm. that time. Um, And yeah, usually when people are like, Lindsay, can I go to the gym? I'm like, are you still bleeding? Are you wearing like what's going on? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, a little bit. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, no, pump your brakes. <laughs> and it's usually like they I think people have this, they see other things on Instagram, they think they should be somewhere else other than where they're not at at that mm-hmm. moment. And somebody just needs to give them permission to like slow down or pause. And yep. you know, if it's me or their grandma or whoever, then yeah, I'll tell you to stop. <laughs> so with your yeah. pregnant patients, are you doing a lot of, I'm assuming you're doing a lot of breath work with them as well. Yeah. So if they, if they're coming in, um, you know, minimum 
once a week would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'll add breath work to Webster. Um, and, you know, within our office, we do, um, we call them like the birth at basics workshops where people can come and we talk about birth education. We'll go over the birth at basic movements and then I'll remind them to do a few of these each day. Um, but yeah, it's breath work. It's, um, it's a lot of the energy work and connecting with them. It's the same thing. Um, as far as like checking in with their nervous system, because if you think about it, the baby learns about earth or this world through the mom's nervous system and through like how she feels and the energy. And, um, I forgot, I think it was Ann Chitty that said this quote that the baby is a hitchhiker, a mom's <laughs> nervous system. I was like, that is brilliant. That Damn makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Parasite, hitchhiker, they're just hanging out. Yeah. Um, and so just like down regulation is so, so key. So even when I have somebody that's, you know, um, really into fitness, we have to redo their whole kind of, um, training because, uh, you don't have to kill yourself in training. Like you can have this beautiful training day and it starts with breath work. It finishes with breath work. You can do some strength. You can do some conditioning, but let's kind of look at the training day as a mountain or a sandwich and, you know, kind of rise, crawl up the mountain and then come back down. And like everything's a mountain, I guess, in these analogies, but um, each training day is a mountain. Each contraction is a mountain. So if you remember like the contractions can last anywhere from 60 to 90 seconds with a peak intensity at 10 to 15 seconds. So there's that peak of the mountain and then you kind of come back down and then you have to like let that go and move on to the next task at hand. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of mountain metaphors, but um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's great. I am not having any more babies, but if I was, I would want (laughs) you to be my chiropractor. Um, Okay, so you said you were redoing birth fit were whatever revamping for January. Um, So final question, if there's a non-birth fit person listening and they want to start incorporating this, mostly chiropractors or students listening, can students do it? Yeah, because anybody can. Absolutely, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. What what do you have coming up for opportunities to like get involved with birth fit? Yeah, so people all the time ask, hey, do you have a birth fit person in whatever city or a birth fit person over here? And I think more and more people are figuring out or they're waking up that, um, you know, you can influence your birth, you can influence the motherhood transition. And, it, you know, in the smallest sense, it starts with movement. And with movement, we learn to trust our bodies again. And that's like the physical tangible way that we we can learn to do that then we start oh okay maybe I can explore my breath because breath is a little less tangible and we learn to um kind of explore that range of motion and then we gain confidence and we learn okay if I communicate my needs and desires and wants something magical happens on the other side or if I communicate my birth preferences or okay, I'm communicating with this healthcare provider and they're not syncing up with me. Maybe I should get an alternate opinion. Like all that magic starts to happen on the outside. And so, you know, we've had questions like, hey, do you have a birth fit OB-GYN in wherever, in Dallas, Houston? 
do you have a birth fit pelvic floor PT in this area or wherever? And, you know, it's growing. Um, I wish we could say we have, you know, half a million people all over the United States, but we don't. Not yet. Um, not yet. But it's, you know, anybody that's in the birth fit directory gets the philosophy of it and gets the abundance and the growth mindset. And they're all wanting to be on the same team. And that means like the team of supporting the mother and her partner and going through that transition, putting their own personal philosophy on the side and supporting that mom and her own intuitively guided choices. Um, and so anybody that wants to, you know, take the birth birth education, whether they're a student or an OB-GYN or a midwife or a pelvic floor PT, they can absolutely sign up to take it in January. Um, you can sign up on the newsletter now and be the first to know. Is it but, in Austin? Um, no, so this will be online and oh, then we'll have... Can um, I just come to Austin anyways and do it online? Yeah, totally. I totally. love Austin so much. <laughs> it is, Kirby, don't listen. It's in person. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I am so looking forward to having seminars again. Um, like this year kind of put a damper on that, but, um, yeah, the birthday education will be online and then we're kind of redoing the structure in the sense of, um, that would be kind of a prerequisite to attend the things in person so that we all have a baseline level of education and conversation. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had a really cool experience in Houston at a birth where I showed up and the mom, um, she had, um, she was working with midwives that had hospital privileges. And then um, the midwives wanted the OB-GYN opinion. And, um, you know, the mom was like, I don't know, like she was pretty uh, resistant towards it. And then the OB-GYN ended up being in the birth fit directory and she was like, oh, okay, come on in. Like the mom was open to it. I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, everybody, this is great. And I was the doula and it was, it was a beautiful experience. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where I would start if somebody just wants to bring the birth fit information to their community. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, we have programs online, like um, we have a lion in program, which is free 30 days after birth, just chill, chill out. Um, and then we get into the birth at basics, which, um, is the next 30 days. So this would be like what you would do after lion in for 30 days. Um, and it's all body weight stuff, breath work stuff you do at home. Um, some people do it every day for 30 days. Some people do it every other day and that takes 60 days, which is kind of cool. Um, some people do it two days on one day off. Uh, so it's kind of your own timeline in that sense. Um, and then people go into the birth at postpartum training, which is like general physical preparedness, strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when it starts to look a little bit more like maybe what you did in training before. Yep. Um, or resemble our prenatal program a little bit more. Oh. Yeah. We yeah. are so cool. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for all of this. Just like my mind's like buzzing. And yeah. uh, by the way, I do think you are an Enneagram seven. So you think? 
I do. Not a four? Uh, no, no, but sevens and fours are connected in their own little way. So, so you can have very, a lot of four tendencies, but I'm like, mm, I don't know about that four wing three, but seven is like the one I wish I was. I really? am like, yeah, mm-hmm, I have a lot of seven in me. They're fun. They're fun. And they're just okay, multi-passionate. Okay. So don't worry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, all awesome. of them are supposed to be good, but let's be honest. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, yeah, absolutely. Great you and have a you great too. Listen. All right. She Slayers, uh, reach out to Lindsay, find her on Instagram, um, go to her awesome website. There's tons of information there and uh, join me in January and do the birth fit thing. Yeah. All right. Bye, Lindsay. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.